Welcome to Creativity Talks with me, Susan Yates, artist, author, and creative entrepreneur. This show discusses topics around my fundamental belief that everyone is creative. Each week through mindset talks, listener questions, and guest interviews, I will help to inspire you and bring creativity into your daily life. So grab a cuppa, sit back and relax, and let's get stuck in. Hello, everybody, and a huge welcome to episode 19 of Creativity Talks. I am your host, Susan, and I'm so excited that you have joined me today because I have a wonderful interview to share with you from a very talented surface designer, author, entrepreneur, and now sought after teacher called Stacey Bloomfield. She really is a shining light. I enjoyed my chat with her hugely and words like enthusiasm, passion, encouragement, contagious energy are things that are very, very much associated with her. Now, Stacey has been creating artwork herself for brands and products um, across the world since 2009. And she does a lot of teaching. Um, She's taught hundreds of students across the country. Um, She lives in the US, sharing her passion for design, making and also business growth. Now, she began her journey as an illustrator, which began out of necessity to financially support her husband, who is a graduate student, and to take care of her growing family. So through hard work, determination and a lot of trial and error, she has become quite a force in the creative world, earning a lot of respect from peers with her transparency, vulnerability and dedication to the industry. So her actual illustration business is called Gingerba. It's a thriving company with products sold in over 800 stores and she has licensing deals with major brands. She also runs a monthly membership called the Creative Powerhouse Society and has written a book called Give Yourself Margin, which is something that I have been chatting to her about um, and I, I will I will let her talk to you about that in just a moment. So just sit back, grab a cup of tea, relax and let us talk to Stacey. So I'd like to welcome um, Stacey Bloomfield on to the podcast today. And I think the best way to introduce Stacey to all of the listeners is to simply say, who are you and what do you do? <laughs> well, first, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat today. I'm Stacey Bloomfield. I am an illustrator. I've been illustrating for 12 years, golly, uh, since my first daughter was born, but I've always been an artist as long as I can remember my earliest memories of drawing, you know, that's, that's it. Uh, and then I have a brand called Gingerbur where I sell my illustrations on products that we create in our studio in Springdale, Arkansas. We create uh, tea towels, greeting cards, calendars, pillows. Sometimes we create oodles of things all featuring my artwork. And that's kind of been my main focus for most of my career. And then a few years ago, I had the opportunity to write a book And it actually released in 2020, but the process takes a while. So the book I wrote was called Give Yourself Margin, and it was a creative guide to reconnecting with yourself, Uh, you know, preaching to myself here, you know, what do you do whenever you love to be creative and then you feel a little burned out? And how do you find that again, especially when you keep giving and giving to all these other priorities? And then finally, I am an online creative business educator. So that's something that is more recent, but incredibly fulfilling. So I've taught thousands of students how to take their artwork and learn how to, I guess, monetize, which sounds icky, but really how to build a creative (laughs) career, you know, from your art and all those things kind of mixed together into what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. It sounds like you're an incredibly busy lady. (laughs) I, I am an incredibly busy lady, but I'll be the first to tell you that even though I started the business on my own, um, I have a lot of employees now who help mm-hmm. me make sure that everything gets done because no one's doing it alone. Yeah, whether, yeah. whether you have family or employees or, you know, uh, just a friend to listen to you, you know, talk about the hard things. Yeah. You don't do it alone. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I agree. Um, and I think I first um, heard of you through your education. Now, that's how I first came across you. Then I discovered your wonderful illustration. And then I bought your book and I read, I think I read it cover to cover. I think it was just, it arrived at a time where I just needed perhaps to take some time out and just to sort of pause. Um, and that's how I sort of discovered, read your book cover to cover, loved it. Um, so um, yeah, it has been sort of wonderful seeing all these different things and seeing how all the different elements of your business businesses interact and weave and work because I think it's quite interesting that lots of creatives seem to have these different multifaceted businesses and brains like we we have different levels and we're doing different things all the time and it's it's fantastic to sort of see it all come together and and be what appears to me to be a great success well thank you I I think it's successful it definitely um it's, it's fulfilling first and foremost, mm. success can be defined in so many ways, but I think, um, you, you mentioned you found me through education. Um, mm. I think helping other people is at the root of what most of us are wanting to do, whether it's yeah. purely through education or the art that we make that uplifts people or by simply kind of observing other people and noticing them. Like mm. I see you where you're at. Yeah. And you're not alone. I feel like that's kind of at the center of everything that I've ever done for my business, Gingerbur. And sometimes I feel like that's what ties it together is um, the bigger why, you know, but I mean, not to get dive in too deep, too fast, but (laughs) that's that's kind of a huge driving force for Mm. why I do what I do. Mm. And I think it's really it's it's almost like a aha moment when you find your why you might it might have always been there. I've always been there all along but when you start to see that thread and that why through all different things it's it's really nice when that all comes together and I think sometimes that does just take time like obviously you've said you've been running your business 12 years you first started out you did it alone but that why comes to the forefront more the longer you've been in business and the longer you know yourself and what you're about and you know what the thing is a lot of times you don't know what your why is. And that's the hardest part, (laughs) especially like when I think back to when I was first trying to sell my first art print on Etsy, um, I wanted to decorate my daughter's nursery. So I made some nursery art and I thought it was cute and I put it out there. And sometimes that's where it starts, you Mm -hmm. know, like, Oh, I just like this thing that I'm doing and I'm going to try to share it. And then I think as you, if you want to grow your art into like a creative business, uh, it takes time to figure out like the bigger why, the bigger, mm-hmm. I don't know, if you were to describe what you're doing in a few words, like that's hard. And in fact, most of the people I talk to, that's the hardest part for them. They're at the beginning and they're like, I don't know what my why is yet. Yeah. And I think that's where connecting with your creative self and really getting in tune with like what makes you excited about what you're doing really helps to guide you. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say this, uh, a few for years, I couldn't have put my finger on my, my why I was like, Oh, I'm just making decorative art to put on walls. There's nothing wrong with that. That makes people happy. And then about four years ago, I was digging through some boxes in my, in my closet. Cause I keep everything. And I literally found an email. I don't know even how I have it. Someone in high school wrote an email about me to someone else. And somehow I have a copy of it. And the email said, Stacy is one of the greatest encouragers I've ever known. And if you have her in your life, you're going to feel seen and understood. And, you know, it's so funny, but that was like a light bulb moment to me. Mm. I was like, that's what I do. I encourage people. Yeah. And all of a sudden I had the word for what I do. And that's kind of been in everything I do ever since. I'm like, I'm here to encourage people. So there you go. And it sometimes takes someone else to tell you because they can see it. They're like, well, of course, that's what you do. It's what you're all about. But when you're in it and you can't see yourself from the outside and sometimes you just need that third person who might be someone you don't know just to say that's what you're about and that's what it's all about. Um, Now, I want to talk about your book because it is wonderful. We've sort of touched on it slightly. So it's called Give Yourself Margin. So first of all, what does Give Yourself Margin mean? Well, it can mean a few things. For me, um, I grew up crafting and sewing. And you know, whenever you're sewing, if you have a seam that's too close to the edge, inevitably, if you put any pressure on that seam, you pull it apart, it's going to ravel apart and it's going to rip. That's because you didn't give yourself enough like margin or space, you know. And 
So in a very practical sense, you have to have room around those edges so that you can kind of survive stress and strain. And then more practically, uh, I'm, this book was literally like a notes to self Stacy book, literally, I kind of wrote it to myself, but I have a tendency to push myself too hard and to not give myself the space. And, you know, burning out is a word we hear a lot. uh, But I've been there. And so I went through a, a really I, dark isn't the word, but I went through a really hard time creatively a few years ago and in my personal life because I was pushing myself way too hard. And mm-hmm. I had this aha moment where I drew that little, there's the illustrations in the book. If you flip through it, there's like a little hand. It's like a black silhouette with the words, give yourself margin. And it was in a January at the beginning of the year. And I, the, the phrase kept popping into my head, give yourself margin, Stacy, give yourself some space. And so I drew that illustration and I put it on my wall and I just determined this is the year I'm going to actually give myself some space. And I followed through with it. And mm-hmm. by giving myself some space, which meant working less, playing more, playing creatively more, mm-hmm. uh, doing things I normally wouldn't give myself permission to do. Um, all these beautiful things started to happen. And literally like a year later, I had a book deal about this topic because I've been trying to get a book deal for a long time. And it's actually really hard to, you can be the most talented artist in the world, but you actually have to, you know, have a purpose for a book. You have to have a plot or theme and trying to manufacture it did not work for me. And so then I accidentally had this idea and I wrote about the, the whole year, give yourself margin and a literary agent who had previously not wanted, not been able to work with me because it wasn't the right project emailed me and was like, I think we can make a book out of this, this topic. And I was just like blown away because it was like, <laughs> I took my hands off the wheel a little bit. And I was like, I'm not going to force this sucker. I'm just going to kind of just live my life. Then the thing happened that I wanted to have happen. And then I got to write this book that has touched a lot of artists. And I've mm-hmm. heard, especially it released in September of 2020, you know, it's been a very hard year, almost a year and a half for most of us, given yeah. lockdowns and COVID. And it's a book that a lot of people needed uh, to remind themselves to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And gosh, I'm rereading my own book right now. How does that feel? <laughs> like it, it literally is a note to self. So that's the whole theme of the book. It's an easy read. It's filled with my illustrations. And it's all these different ways that I would encourage people to reconnect with their creative self. Yeah. And I totally agree because as somebody who also does a lot of things, write books, have a podcast, make art, teach, you do, I I know I need to give myself margin. This is definitely something that I need to do. And I think, again, I read it at a time where I was trying to cram in so many things and you have all of this energy and ideas. And I know lots of creative people, like you say, are exactly the same. You've got these ideas, you want to do them all, you overload, and then you've still got world world pandemics families all these things to deal with personally as well and you definitely need to yeah give space and the thing that I loved that you said was about creative play and about that sort of when you go back to just giving yourself time to play and it doesn't always have to be creatively but just play full stop it's you kind of get back to that childlike curiosity and wonder and things start to come together and that's almost like where that magic happens and obviously for you that meant the book deal came together that you'd been thinking about for a while and ping the magic happened so yeah wonderful it it's one of those things that I'm a I'm a big believer in intention with my words uh Meaning if I have a dream or a goal, I kind of talk about them as if they're going to happen eventually, Mm -hmm. even if I have no idea how they're going to happen. And those dreams can change over time. But for me, I've always wanted to share as if it's inevitable that these big, wonderful things that I want for my life, big or small, that they could happen. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like if I, what I've learned is if I can just kind of let go of the control a little bit. Uh, usually things do come together in a much more marvelous way than I could have ever planned myself. Mm. And I've seen it time and time again in my life and in my career. And it's funny, I still forget, especially in times of stress. And so I, like I said, I have to go back to my own book that I wrote to be like, Hey, Stace, you actually wrote a book about this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Unclench your fists a little bit, release yeah. a little 
it. And that's what I'm trying to do right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's fantastic. I mean, it's great advice. And um, now just before we were on the podcast, you touched on the fact that you were away from home for the first time in a long time on a creative retreat. That sounds absolutely amazing. <laughs> oh, it is. And let me just tell you, okay, I'm, I'm only 30 minutes from home. It took me a lot of time to pull this together. I'm away for just a few days by myself in a little tiny apartment, 30 minutes from home. And I am just creating art for several days. It has been so challenging for me, just like so many other people to create art whenever you're home. My kids are home right now. My husband works from home. Um, There's no quiet. And I think for a lot of us creatives, like even if all we get are little nuggets of time each day, like we need some quiet to be able to tap into like the flow of creativity. And for so many of us, we haven't been able to, because, you know, it's, we're living in heightened stress, the most stressful time ever. So I, I planned this for a while and I finally broke away and it's just me by myself making art. And I already feel lighter and feel like, ah, I recognize you again, Stacy. There you are. It's interesting. it's interesting about the quiet as well because I'm the same because I've got a couple of doors to my studio and it's like I'm shutting off home I'm shutting and each door that closes I'm I'm getting my little creative quiet space and I find that if somebody sort of nips in every 10 minutes even just to bring me something or even make me a cup of tea I'm like oh just up uh, there uh, it's like it's shattered this this really special bubble of creative time it's like you've got to go back to the start again for me I don't know if it's the same for you but I need I need hours of time, not 10 minutes if I'm in a creative flow. Exactly. In fact, it's funny. I I love it when I hear that people have a daily practice of creative art. That's super duper. I love that for them. Mm. For me, I need big honking chunks of time because Mm. I I have to immerse myself in whatever Mm. I'm working on, even if it's a project that doesn't take very long. It, I'm constantly coming up with ideas, like we're idea factories, essentially all of us creative. So I have all yeah. these thoughts and ideas of things I would like to do. And I'm always recording them. I have a little note on my phone where I write down any idea I have, yeah. knowing that eventually I'll have that space to mm-hmm. create. However, it's been really hard to get that space to create. Like I told you before we started recording, like this morning, my husband texted me at six in the morning. He's like, two of the kids are sick. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you run and go get some stuff from Walgreens and bring it home for us, which is like our local, like, you know, uh, pharmacy. And I did. And then I came right back to my little creative retreat and I felt yeah. so, I felt, um, you know, the call of, of being a mother is like, yeah. I don't want to leave my kids whenever mm-hmm. they need me, but my husband's very capable and he's so supportive. And he's like, Stacy, you, you need this creative retreat. We all need you to take this creative retreat. <laughs> Go and take your time. <laughs> Go. So, um, but it is, it is so hard. And so I think I, I talk to a lot of students um, with what I do with coaching and I've, I've been encouraging them to do the same. Like if you can even get two days away, um, if a friends can help you, if you have children, if you're, if you have a partner, if they can watch the kids for you, go away for two days and just make art and you're going to feel real good and so I finally was like time to do it myself and it's been a while but it was so needed Mm, oh it's absolutely needed Um, and I was going to ask you about your creative process so sort of taking in to account the fact that you've had to take some time away to do your creative so is that how you sort of manage your creative process do you take blocks of time pockets of time or do you do little bits regularly how much time do you get for what I would call pure creativity versus running your business, which is obviously multifaceted and you have employees and, you know, it's a, you know, a a decent sized business that needs managing. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll be the first to tell you that I have not had hardly any time in the past uh, eight months to make Mm -hmm. art that I really love. And that is a huge bummer because that's what fuels Mm me. Um, I've had plenty of time to adapt art that I've already made in the past for various projects. So like I have this huge catalog of 12 years worth of illustration work. And so there's, there's always an opportunity to take something and to adapt it, but that's more like um, process of just getting things done and mm. less of the actual creative process of taking something brand new. Mm. So even before COVID, I, I would take, at least a day each week. And I would, that would be my creative day to work on ideas. 
However, I used to have a studio outside of my home that I could do that at where it was quiet. Now my team is all working from my studio and there's no doors in this studio. So there's no, there's no, (laughs) and um, so now I'm at home and this is why I had to do the creative retreat. I, my kids are always popping in to see mama and I love that I get to be there with them. Yeah. I think I'm going to get some noise canceling headphones very soon. And um, (laughs) Actually, we have my husband and I have this little this little wicked dream to convert a uh, part of our garage into a little studio for me from home where there yeah. are doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's in the future. So for right now, um, I'm just taking what I can get. And sometimes mm-hmm. that means on weekends, whenever other people are resting, that's when I go to my studio to do creative work alone because my employees aren't there. So <laughs> my my weeks are not rhythmic, and that might surprise people. Like I wish I had more of a routine. Mm. But I don't. That's the truth. Mm. Mm. I think like that's life and that's your situation. This is where you are. And I think wherever anybody is, whoever's listening to the podcast right now, everyone's got a different situation, different family members, different things they're managing. Some people are creating as a hobby. Others are doing it as a part-time business. Others run full-time businesses in creative um, endeavours. Everyone is completely different. So you just have to kind of work with what you've got, where you are, the current time, that there's so many variables. It's, it's hard to go, right, this will work for everyone because exactly. I just don't think it does. But I will tell you one thing that has worked for me. Not everyone wants to work from their bedroom. I get it. But sometimes it's all you have as a creative mm-hmm. is your bedroom with a door. Mm-hmm. So um, one night after the kids went to bed, I literally lit my favorite candle, put on my favorite music. And I don't usually like to stay up late and do creative work because I like to go to bed early. But I was like, <laughs> this is my chunk of uninterrupted time. Mm-hmm. So I just created the most cozy, creative environment I could in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. And I, I got so many ideas to come to life. So usually I go from the idea list that I have to sketching either on a sketchbook or an iPad, depending Mm -hmm. on what I'm in the mood for. And I'll get my sketches done. And then if I have time, then I'll take them into, let's say Adobe Illustrator to Mm -hmm. vectorize and to create the actual product, whether it's a greeting card design or a tea towel design. And, um, you know, sometimes in one fell swoop, I can go from beginning to end and get the whole thing done, which is delightful. Mm -hmm. And other times it really is like, um, setting myself up for success. So if I know that all I can do, if I have like an hour, I can sketch in an hour, I can get lots of like rough sketches created. Mm-hmm. And then if I have another chunk of time where I have maybe more like two hours, that's the perfect time to figure out my color story and to begin to work in illustrator to adapt that. And um, then there's always like the finessing at the end to create a product that's like production ready. Yeah. And, and that's, it's just knowing what your strengths are and knowing how you work best to get it done. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I hope that answers the question, but that's a little bit of my process for how mm-hmm. I get it. Done. Mm-hmm. I think it's really helpful to hear that kind of thing. And also that you make notes of your ideas. Like that's the first stage of the process, the sparks, the ideas, the things that are fleeting that kind of cross your brain at goodness knows when they just get noted down somewhere and that you, you know, pop it on your phone. Um, Cause I do it on a notebook. Cause I'm, I'm not very good with this sort of tech side of things. I've, it doesn't work for me, but I know if I've got a notebook of everything, it's my book of everything and everything goes in there. And that's a similar type of thing. And it's these fleeting ideas that, you'd forget if you didn't write them down. <laughs> well, I, I honestly think because as creative, so I have this quiz uh, that I put together. It's uh, to figure out what your creative superpower is. It's just mm. a free quiz that I offer. And I, you, there are four different types of creatives just based, it's, it's not a science, but let's put it this way. I based it each individual person, you know, person off of like a real life artist that I know and how they, they live their lives and their creative practices. And what's so funny is like 90% of the people who take the quiz all get the same result, which is um, um, idea factory. Idea factory. Yeah, I got that. I did the quiz. <laughs> I did the quiz and I was like, oh, I'm an idea factory. <laughs> I love a good quiz. <laughs> oh, I do too. And what's so funny is like, I literally can tell, I could tell you who each, uh, you know, identity was based off of mm. because I actually have a group of creative friends and we started a creative retreat program together. It's on pause mm. because of COVID, but we used to travel and teach mm. creative retreats where mm. all we would do for an entire weekend is make art and invite people to come with us. And it was yeah. so fun. I want to yeah. do it again. Um, yeah. 
one of the most life-giving things I've ever done, just making art with people and sharing food and, and oh, just absolutely. no agenda other than to make art and to like be together. Mm. But the thing is back to the point, like so many people are these idea factories and mm. if you think you can keep it all in your head. You're mistaken because I used to try to do that. And then I'd be like, Oh, what was that great idea I had? And so I have to get the idea down as soon as possible. And sometimes if an idea comes into my head two or three times, that's my intuition telling me, Oh, that's the project you need to go to next. If mm. that makes sense. Mm. And, you know, sometimes I think the best art that I, that, that, I make and the art that I resonate the most with from other people is art that's coming from a really like honest place. Mm. So um, as creatives, we, we have all these ideas, but we also have to rest. And I think it's very counterintuitive, right? Mm. Because mm. for me, I'm always like, if I could just make, make, make all these things and then it's going to be awesome. But then I don't make my best work because I'm tired. Yeah. And so the other, I guess two days ago, the first night of my retreat, I just drew this thing and I put it on Instagram and I was like, if you're tired, let yourself rest. I wrote it for myself, but I posted it on Instagram mm. and you know, it's got like 3000 likes and all these people being like, yeah, thank you for sharing this because you know what? The simplest, most universal things are the things that I think we all know are true, but we need a little reminder of sometimes. Mm. Mm. So, you know, preaching to the choir here, like <laughs> rest Stacy and yeah. rest listening to this too. get some yeah. rest because the best creative work comes from you know your ideas but also like rest your brain mm. needs oh I totally agree and I think um recently we've hit September and my little girl's just started school so for the first time I've got some blocks of time where she's at school and so me and my other half are like right we're going to do some exercise we're going to go out we're going to do exercise and then at lunchtime we're going to do gardening for half an hour and we have never been the most productive as ever before because we've had time to look after ourselves and time together as well. Time to sort of be a couple, just like date days, little little snippets of time and time out in nature, like a little lunch break. So we've we've taken sort of rest in our day to day time. I've worked less hours, but we've both been more productive and more for me, more creative, come up with ideas because you're just looking after yourself, first of all. And I I'd certainly have seen other people do the similar thing when they're actually sort of resting or taking time out. Your kind of true intuition, your true creativity from like inside has a chance to rise. It's not the, I should make this or I should paint that or I should be doing this project, which is kind of overthinking. It's when you kind of don't think and you kind of go back to I don't know, being essentially you and things that are coming from the heart or the soul or whatever you want to say. Sometimes that is the most beautiful art or the best ideas um, and taking all that time to just, uh, which is why I loved your book. <laughs> and you know, I think what's really challenging as creatives, especially creatives who do want to make income from their work. I mean, mm. you know, of course I wanted to make the book because I wanted to help people, but also mm. I hope it would sell because you know, it is like a livelihood thing. Yeah. yeah However, you need to pay your bills. You need to, you know, have a house and uh, feed your kids. <laughs> absolutely. And I think it's a, I'm going to say this carefully. I think the, one of the hardest challenges for me and for many creatives that I know right now who essentially are having to rely on the internet right now to yeah. sell things mm -hmm. is that everyone's at home on their computers right now a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are feeling restless and unhappy and it's, it's coming out online mm -hmm. and there's a lot of negativity a lot. And I have had my fair share of it lately from people who don't know me, but judge, you know, my life in assumptions that they've made, mm -hmm. because I have, you know, written a book. And because I do educate people, and I have this successful business. But I see it all over the place from my students who are like, I don't even know how to share what I'm feeling, because I think I'm going to be judged for what I'm feeling. I feel tired. I feel un not creative right now. I feel scared. And it's really, really hard to create work whenever it's coming from this place of fear. Mm -hmm. And I can say this for myself too. I think part of why this year has been very challenging for me to make beautiful work is not just time, but this fear of being misunderstood. And so 
all this noise makes it really hard for us to get back in tune with, again, like we first talked about the why, like, why am I doing this in the first place? Mm. And so that's been this internal conversation I've been having with myself in this struggle that I'm working through. And at the end of the day, my why is still the same. I want to encourage people. And I have a feeling if I am feeling these things, other people are feeling it too. And it's going to resonate. And so I guess the only, I don't have a super big point with this other than to say like, so many of us, we're just doing our best and we're trying to create work that can help people. And it's a scary yeah. time to be vulnerable yeah. and to share these things. And so I guess what I'm hoping is that if I can have a tiny hand and helping our creative community to have more empathy towards each other and more understanding that we are all going through a heck of a lot. And just because yeah. you don't see it right in front of you doesn't mean that someone else isn't struggling. I think it's just really important to remember that we're all kind of isolated right now and we yeah. actually need each other like crazy right now. But a lot of people are afraid to lean on each other because we'll be misunderstood. I don't know what the solution yeah. is, but I have food for thought with that. Mm, and it's, I think it's very difficult to have the same sense of community and connection when you're connecting via messages comments and all those kind of things that aren't real life face-to-face because there is so much communication that we pick up through non-verbal like body language and the way that we you know smile don't smile turn our heads away like the the non-verbal communication is really important but just face-to-face with somebody there's an energy there's a there's a something and I mean whenever I'm recording these podcasts I always try and do video so that I can see who I'm talking to. I know we're recording the audio and and the audio is what people hear, but I think it's so important to have that visual connection because we can see each other. We can smile. We can, you know, we can see what's going on. And I wave my arms around a lot because it's just what I do. No one on the podcast sees it, but I'm waving my arms everywhere. (laughs) Um, And I think, you know, and the, the thought of when you sort of talked about that you and some artist friends would run retreats, people would come along, the thought of that, and connecting with a group of people who love creating is just, it gives me goosebumps because that is such an exciting prospect. Having been deprived of creating in a community with other people who get excited about it. It's, I think it's quite hard. It can be incredibly depressing that you haven't seen people. You haven't connected. You haven't got excited about, I mean, I'm a printmaker. I haven't got excited about lifting a print up and showing somebody or them doing it and getting excited and me going, yay, you did it. It's amazing. Like just that scent, that all that is just, it gives me goosebumps that we've missed out on all that for so long. Um, And especially as, you know, I've come from a background of I've always taught face-to-face classes that's where I started I've moved my stuff online because technology's advanced and I can speak to people across the world it's amazing it's great but there's something about seeing people face to face isn't there it's just so special it is so special and you know I think we've all tried to adapt so something I'm doing right now is once a month we're hosting um, an online zoom art circle it's not it's not the replacement for in person but pretty much for an hour, once a month, I invite anybody who wants to join us on zoom and we just make art together. Mm. That's all we do. There's no agenda. doesn't cost anything. It, sh- it you know, it's just us hanging out. And it was so incredible. The first time we did it, the messages from people who were just like, I've craved creative community mm. and no agenda, creative community, just being able to be together, not to try to get Instagram likes, not to figure out reels or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Still can't figure that out, but never mind. <laughs> And uh, so we, we're doing that once a month right now, just literally as a way to try to connect more yeah. because y'all are craving it. And yeah. I'm just trying to facilitate that where I can, because we all need it. And I need it. I walked away from that experience, just hosting mm-hmm. it and doodling and answering questions for people feeling like, ah, oh, there's that life giving element of yeah. creativity that I think so many of us have been missing. So it's not the mm-hmm. perfect replacement, but we're trying here. Yeah. We're trying. You're doing your best. You're doing your best. You're encouraging people and it's, you know, and they're creating winning at life <laughs> as much as we can. <laughs> um, so I've also got some questions that I ask most of my podcast guests, um, if not all of them so far. Um, they're kind of slightly big questions. And the first one is, what does creativity mean to you? How would you define it? 
creativity is like my soul is visible for other people to see. Uh, That's what it feels like to be creative to me. Mm. And back when we could do craft shows, like in-person shows, uh, you know, after I had this kind of shift about four or five years ago of realizing my bigger why was to create, was to create art that encouraged other people. Like that's all my art became really was like this uh, manifestation of that. And so I had all my art on display at a craft show and someone walked past. I was like, dang, Stacy, this is like seeing your personal diary through all of this. <laughs> wow. And uh, it's funny. That didn't make me feel embarrassed at all. That made mm. me feel like, yeah, because mm. that's what it is to me. Mm. That's fantastic. That's great. And um, I know you mentioned at the way back at the start of the podcast that you've always sketched when you were sort of literally did lots of drawing. The next question is, have you always been creative? Yeah, I have always <laughs> been creative. I mean, my earliest memory, no kidding. I was wearing a blue leotard. I remember this uh, vividly. And I was drawing a bulldog that my sister had drawn and I was copying it. My family and I lived with my uncle at the time. I was very little. And I have this real vivid memory of sitting on this big sectional of his and uh, drawing this dog. It's just funny how that sticks with you. Mm. And then, um, you know, I, not just with drawing, I was always wanting, my dream was to like rearrange my room all the time and decorate it even as a little girl. And American Girl, the magazine was really big when I was little. And I remember like I submitted like this homemade chair that I made from my American Girl doll made from the box that the doll came in and I painted it and created a tutorial. This is like in the late 1990s and I sent it to American Girl and they published it in a magazine. And I was like, I've made it. (laughs) (laughs) Career pinnacle reached. (laughs) 10 years old, baby. And so uh, I've always been creative whether it's art or making things like it's always what's like making mm. things like mm. and I tell you what if you have a positive experience like that as a child in terms of art that's got to do wonders with pursuing creativity and being confident and comfortable creating later in I say later in life it's not like you're later in life or I am either but as a grown-up I mean like if you get that positive childhood experience I think it really helps having that confidence creativity later it really does of course you know I think we all have a few negative memories like I remember an art show I did in high school just through our local high school someone just said that all I was was like a copier because Mm. I think I had I had submitted like a study of a like masterpiece Mm. and I drawn it myself and they're like Hmm, you're not really artistic. You just copy this. And so I was so dramatic. I used to carry around a leather portfolio everywhere <laughs> I went with all of my artwork in it. And I remember telling my family, I'm like, I'm never opening the portfolio again. It's over. Of course I got over that. But you know, in true artistic fashion, I was definitely very like You had the temperament. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um and also what inspires you the most? And this could be artists, subject matter anything in the world at all again another massive question you know what inspires me the most is honest conversations Hmm. with people who actually see me as a whole person and not just um, a commodity Hmm. or someone who's producing things all the time I have a handful of small like a small group of friends who when I come away from conversations with them, I feel like I can pinpoint who I am. If that makes yeah. sense, I feel really seen. Mm-hmm. And usually for those conversations spurs these beautiful ideas. And then those ideas grow into what my art becomes, mm-hmm. essentially. And, you know, I, I could say, you know, in a less like, uh, not less important, but I guess more pragmatically, what else, what other, what else inspires me? Art museums. I'm the person who any city I'm in, I want to go to an art museum. I just love feeling immersed in all the different types of creativity. Um, I have some favorite artists and I have their books all around me in my home that I look at all the time for inspiration. Um, and it's funny, you can look at other artists work and it inspires you, but your work looks nothing like theirs. And some, yeah. sometimes it's just uh, the energy that you mm-hmm. get from other people's work um, mm-hmm. that inspired me quite a bit um, and then walking 
it's not so much that I'm inspired by nature, but I find my best inspiration whenever I'm able to not be forcing productivity or creativity, but just to walk and let my brain kind of run wild. Yeah. That's, that inspires me. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. No, that's brilliant. It's nice seeing the different facets because I don't think anyone can say, right, this one thing inspires me, but they're, our brains are so clever. They're multifaceted. They're, you know, they're ebbing and flowing. They're taking in their um mulling things around all the time so to have all these different things that sort of flick switches in the brain I find it I'm doing a little flicky switch um <laughs> motions with my fingers now for podcast listeners <laughs> I'm very dramatic with my uh my, my hands and my arms and my fingers um it's amazing all these different things flick different switches and that all you know turns the wheel of you know creativity um that's lovely and have you ever been given like an amazing piece of advice that stuck with you in terms of creating, in terms of your artwork? Um, a very, pra- it, it, it's always challenging because I'm, I'm a very practical person in one side and I'm also this heartfelt dreamer on the other hand, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of the two live together. So practically speaking, the best piece of, of creative business advice I was given is, you know, to create multiple income streams. And of course, I teach that now. And this is not a plug for that. But I remember the first time I heard that spoken about a few years ago, um, I realized the why behind it. And that's because as creatives, there's a lot of ebb and flow, even if you can sell your art, there's a lot of fluctuations. And stability has always been really important to me. Um, If you're into the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram three wing four. And Mm -hmm. I'm the the type that needs security. you have like these subtypes and I, I've always just been really, if I'm going to do this, I want to feel safe and I want to feel like, you know, the rug's not going to get pulled out from under me. So from a very practical standpoint, when I heard it said, you know, multiple income streams create stability uh, so that you can weather hard seasons or unpredictable things. Mm. I was like, yep, I want that. Light bulb. Now that's literally what I teach to my students. And mm. I guess without going into too much detail, it's incredibly challenging to build up to those multiple income streams because, you know, there's one piece of advice that you need to focus on one thing and do it really, really well. But then once you figure out how to do that one thing really, really well, usually you can splinter off a little bit and try to create income in another way. Uh, Not everything gets all the same amounts of energy. That's the challenge. But uh, from a real practical standpoint for me, you know, I sell my products on my website, the same products we produce for our website, we wholesale, which is another income stream. I take the same art that I draw for those products and I license it to companies like Moda Fabrics and Crate and Barrel. Um, I, you know, I'm always looking for ways to use my existing art to create other income streams. And then I teach about like my whole process, mm-hmm. whether it's in my course or in my monthly membership. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is, yeah, it's a lot of different things, but they're all connected mm-hmm. and it helps people. And then I guess um, if we're going to be a little bit more, woo woo, which I am a little woo woo about things. And that's okay to say like the best creative advice. Um, I actually heard this from Emily Jeffords, who's a fine artist. And a lot of people know her because she's another educator. Yeah. So I'm fabulous. <laughs> fabulous. So, um, I'm, we're colleagues, but I wouldn't say I know her incredibly well. I'd like to, Hey, Emily, if you're listening, I want to be your friend. Be friend. I heard her say, that your highest work is not always your most profitable work. Mm. And the meaning for that is like, sometimes the work that means the most to us, um, isn't always the work that's going to make you money, Mm. but you Mm. need to make that work to feel alive as a creative. So, uh, you know, like when I paint a mural or I build a giant paper mache animal, which I totally do, uh, (laughs) I'm not doing that for money necessarily. I'm doing that because it makes me excited inside, but that's Mm -hmm. not, for monetary gain, mm. but it's just as important. Mm. So yeah, I like that because I, I think you've got to keep that spark, and I think it can be very easy to lose that spark if you're doing lots of things and there's a lot of process or there's a lot of business stuff involved with things, or, or like you're managing different streams, some of which you love and they inspire you. Other things you do because you're running a business and you need to convert things into money to pay bills. Um, but you, yeah, you've got to keep that spark. So I think that's, that's great advice. Really good. Um, do you have any favorite books or quotes on creativity that 
my listeners would enjoy, do you think? I mean, we've already mentioned your book. That's obviously a favorite. <laughs> you know what? I have a list of quotes up right now that's hilarious that I've been collecting because I'm working on a new calendar for 2023. Literally, oh I- goodness, look at you go. I have to work really far ahead wow. uh, for production. Mm. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Uh, John Muir, this is a quote that I like. I haven't illustrated it yet, but I wrote it down because I really liked it. The power of the imagination makes us infinite. Mm. I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, let me see. I'm trying to think if there's another one that really, oh, this is less maybe on creativity, but I've already illustrated it because I love Lucy Maud Montgomery. She wrote the Anne of Green Gables books. And there's a little mm -hmm. quote in there that says, she seemed to walk in an atmosphere of things about to happen. That's a quote. Oh, I love it. I actually, I have it as a print on my website and it's in a fabric line. But like when I read that, I was just mm -hmm. like, that's what I want to be. I want to mm -hmm. be a person just walking as if like I'm walking into what's what's coming next. Yeah. And Beautiful. So mm -hmm. those are two quotes that yeah. I that really make me feel like excited to be creative. Yeah, yeah. it's about the possibilities and certainly reflects back on what you said earlier about you talk as if something's about to happen, you talk as if it's gonna happen, that kind of law of attraction where you're you're saying the words, you're you're making it happen because like so much of it is in our mind and our minds are so powerful and we can make these things happen. There's there's something about our energy. And I've always, uh, my other half will always say to me, when the time is right, something will happen. Like the person will come into your life when you need it. If the artwork is supposed to happen, it will happen when it's supposed to happen. Like there's something about the universe comes together at the right time. And I'll just add to that. I think what's hard for me is that I'll have seasons where my brain is totally in alignment with where I need to be. And I feel like I literally am sometimes moving mountains because like I'm keeping my mindset in the right place. I'm in the flow of creativity. And then I, it literally does feel like doors are opening left and right when I'm there. And then I'll have mm -hmm. a season. Like I think a lot of us have been in recently where it's like, there's so much noise, whether it's at home or online, mm -hmm. there's so much sadness all around us. Sometimes it's like the part of you that was in that flow, like comes to a grinding halt. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, why is it such a struggle to get right back there? So mm -hmm. uh, I've been in the seasons where things are flowing and my mindset is right where I need it to be. And, you know, I literally do feel like sometimes like, oh, I'm attracting like all these great things. And not that it's about me, but like, you know, when you're in that place, it feels good. And then I'll have these, you know, extended seasons of like, why can't I get right back there? And so what I've, after a lot of reflection, I'm assuming that I'm learning something right now that later I'm going to be able to look back on and I will have had a growth spurt I'm hoping after that so I, I doodled this thing yesterday if you think I'm an illustrator go look at my Instagram stories it's hilarious it's not a good <laughs> illustration but I drew this thing like starting point and then this big knot of lines and it says the messy middle and then at the end there's a little bit higher and it says growth spurt and I was just yeah. illustrating to myself like I feel like I've been in the messy middle for a few mm -hmm. months not because of anything I've done intentionally, but because there are always external circumstances in our lives that we can't control. Mm. And I'm confident that soon I'm going to be on the other side with a growth spurt. Yeah. And that encourages me. And I've always, if I look back, I see it. I can see it when I look back in hindsight. So there's no reason to assume it's not going to happen again. Right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think it's, it's that growing pains. It's that uncomfortableness when something yeah, something is changing like it could be external environment or you inside things are changing and I totally get that big messy middle bit because <laughs> you're adjusting you're shifting you're like well ah, trying to trying to make sense of the world <laughs> messy middle is where you're making your mistakes and you're mortified yeah. but you learn from them or you know you have good intentions and you have this big dream of making something happen and then it doesn't come together the way you thought it would. Mm. And you're kind of in a holding pattern, perhaps. Oh, that's the messy middle. Yeah. And then there's something after that. So, yeah, yeah. No, I, I feel you on that one. Definitely. <laughs> um, so final question then is, do you have any final tips for our listeners for developing creativity or sustaining a regular creative practice? My best tip, which is easier said than done, 
is to not look at your current contemporaries work at all. Like Mm -hmm. you might have lots of friends on social media and Instagram who are artists Mm -hmm. and you can support them, but like always go back to the masters, uh, go back through art history. I feel like if you want to get visual stimulus Mm -hmm. uh, to help you get excited, I think that there's, issues with comparison. If you are looking at your contemporaries, social media is not an accurate reflection of someone's like worth um, or where they're going. And so for me, like I don't get on Pinterest at all. Um, When I'm on Instagram, I'm, you know, I will support my friends posts, but I'm very careful to not look too closely because I think it can stifle my own creativity. If I see other people do something really well, and then I'm like, Ooh, how can I figure out how to use that in my artwork or this and this and this, and you don't even mean to, but sometimes it can filter in. So I think yeah. like keep your blinders on a bit so that you mm-hmm. can really focus on your personal growth and your personal creative story. Um, it'll happen a lot faster for you. If you take away the extra stimulus, I think yeah. the stimulus. Yeah. Um, no. yeah. Yeah. And do your own thing. <laughs> <laughs> do your own thing again, which is easier said than done. I think what happens often for me, I see is there's people in the, um, they have the creative spark, the joy of making, and they're trying out all sorts of new things and they're just seeing what they like. And sometimes I see people there and they want to go straight from like, Ooh, I just l- learned how to make art to, Ooh, I want to monetize this. And the challenge is like, you need to make so much artwork so that you become like a master of what you're making. Mm-hmm. Um, here's that quote, the, there's that Malcolm Gladwell quote that says it takes 10,000 hours of in- intensive practice to achieve mastery of skills and materials. Um, I literally had that pulled up on a tab. I was looking at it earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't know if 10,000 hours is the exact amount, but the point is like immerse yourself in the process of making mm-hmm. until it just feels like it is so natural and brings you so much joy stay mm. there for a long time yeah. don't rush that part because if you rush trying to be like "Ooh, I can take my art and put it on a car to make money like that's that's not like the goal I feel like the goal needs to be first to like know why you're making mm. and love the whole process and then what's crazy is the work that I think people resonate with is the work that is coming from a pure creative place. Mm. Um, I think if it's too contri- contrived, um, it doesn't mm. always resonate. So people are always like, what's the, what's the, what's the formula, Stacy? How do I go from art plus product equals money? And it's literally like, you're missing the little, the little bit of magic mm. that you need that only emerges whenever you have literally like given yourself completely to the creative process. Mm-hmm. And you've immersed yeah. and you're just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, I, I think that's that's really wise advice because I think you do need to really immerse yourself in making whatever it is that you make, whatever your medium for making art, creating, making things is, you've really got to be comfortable with it. So you can't try something once, in my opinion, this could be anyone's, <laughs> um, this may not be true for everybody, but I don't think you can sort of try something and go, right, I know how to do that now. Now I'm going to monetize it make a business out of it you like you say you do have to do lots of it and I think the a thousand hours I've heard people say you have to make you know a hundred bad bits of art to make a good bit you've got a there's quantities that you've got to do so that you're comfortable with your creative voice I suppose that you're yeah you're comfortable with how you express how you interpret the world how you put marks on paper or ipad or in you know fabric whatever it is that you're creating you, you do need to do the time do the time <laughs> and I know we need to wrap things up probably but let me, yeah. let me just add that um time is something that like it just takes the amount of time it takes you can't mm. force that forward mm. and I think when I've made work that I haven't been proud of. It's usually when I'm rushing through the creative process just to hit a deadline or a goal. And that's the work that literally doesn't resonate with anybody. (laughs) And that's sad to say, but like, we've all done it. You know, Mm -hmm. we've all, we've all done it. And I guess I only say this out loud because I remind myself of this all the time, like slow down a little bit, slow down and enjoy the process. And you know, the things that I learned like back in college, so um, I'm not a printmaker right now, but that was my focus when I was in college was printmaking. Mm -hmm. 
And there are things that I learned from that process of printmaking, uh, from Aquatint, from etching, from the, the whole process. You can't rush that process. If you want a beautiful <laughs> <laughs> I remember once my printmaking professor, his name was Mr. Bigelow, love that name. And um, I created a big giant plate of Albert, Albert Einstein's face. I just wanted to, and it was 16 by 20. And mm -hmm. I went from start to finishing so fast. And he was like, Stacy, no, he's like, I'm like, but look, it looks like Albert Einstein. He's like, but look, get close. I'm waiting to look at the details. He's like, it's boring. He's like, whenever someone gets and looks at this piece and they, you want them to lean in, and see all this beautiful little nuance and detail. And that stuck with me. And so even though now I'm not a printmaker, there's something about that process mm -hmm. that influences how I try to make art now. And granted, I can move really fast on an iPad, but there's still little things that I do to mm -hmm. make sure that my art isn't just flat and uninteresting. And so mm -hmm. I guess my only point to that is you can try lots of different things as a creative and please do. And just know that like, if you immerse yourself in that process, you're going to pick up things from one area and you're going to find little lessons to apply in other areas. And it's only going to make your work more rich and beautiful and exciting. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think that is a fantastic thing to finish on. Um, the only other thing I want to ask is where can people find you online or, or offline, but where, well, not offline right now. <laughs> You've got to have your retreat, <laughs> but where can people find you online? <laughs> Well, let's see. I have a website called Gingerber, G-I-N-G-I-B-E-R. That is where we sell products. And then if you visit stacybloomfield.com, that's my name. That's mm -hmm. where you can learn about the education part of my business. I have a monthly membership and then a once a year in-depth creative entrepreneurship course that I run. And then you can find me on Instagram at Gingerber. And you can find my book, Give Yourself Margin, where books are sold. Uh -huh. <laughs> find the book. <laughs> I say Amazon, but like, I, I don't know. It's all over the place. We have it on our website too. So yeah, that's lovely. Fantastic. Well, a massive, massive, massive thank you for coming on to the podcast. Um, your energy is is I can feel it across across the pond like we're, we're miles away miles away um from each other but the energy is yeah it's catching it's it, the enthusiasm is is amazing so thank you so much and um yeah it's been really really wonderful to speak to you thank you so much for having me it's been a delight Well, I don't know about you, but I absolutely loved speaking to Stacey. And at the time, in my head, I really thought that interview was around half an hour long. But when I look back at it now, we spent a good 45, 50 minutes, nearly an hour chatting. The time just literally flew past. I think there was a lot of wise words to be had there. And if you haven't got it or seen it already, I do highly recommend Stacey's book, Give Yourself Margin. It's beautifully illustrated and has some very wise words that I think sometimes we all need to learn from about taking that time to recharge the batteries, to fill your cup, to, you know, take downtime before you then are able to create again. If our energy is, is so low and we're really, you know, burnt out, don't have any ideas, we cannot create from that point. We really cannot. And, and I think as you heard us discuss on the interview, I really do find that when I take time to look after myself, to get out in nature, to recharge those batteries and give myself margin and a bit of space, the creativity does just spring up. It, it just happens. I think the quotes that Stacey came up with as well during that interview were really wonderful. So I'm quite looking forward to seeing her calendar for 2022 with those creativity quotes on. It sounds amazing. Um, so do go and have a look at Stacey. I just want to say personally a huge thank you to her for coming on and doing the interview when she was in the middle of her creative retreat. She took time out to speak to me for Creativity Talks, which is fantastic. So I thank you so much for listening. If you are enjoying the podcast, please do leave me a review. And if you have any suggestions for other wonderful, creative human beings that you would like me to talk to, then please drop me an email. Hello at susanyates.co.uk. I am always keen to chat to people about creativity, what they get up to, just in the hope that this helps everybody listening with being more creative, with creating more things with being inspired and just making the world a more beautifully creative place. I will speak to you again soon. Thank you for listening.
you so much for joining me for this week's episode of Creativity Talks. To see the show notes and to find out more about how you can get more creative, go to www.creativitytalkspodcast.co.uk or search for the hashtag creativitytalks. If you enjoyed the show, please let other people know about it by sharing this episode or the podcast webpage. You can also leave a review on whatever platform you are listening on. All reviews and recommendations are deeply appreciated and help to ensure that I can continue to make more episodes and inspire as many people as possible. Take care and stay creative. Stay creative.